Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, just me tonight. Jim, as we know, or some of you know, is in Cabo. Um, I can't figure out my background either because it's only one person. As you'll see, the background is all screwed up, but whatever. Uh, We'll make do with it. John Schaefer with you. It is the wrap-up show. Please subscribe if you're a Padres fan, all right? We're doing this year-round, almost every single day. So please subscribe if you're a Padres fan. Padres fall tonight 4-3 in extras to Milwaukee. A little bit of a disappointing Result, considering the Trent Grisham home run tied it up, but the Padres could not get over the hump. They lose game one of this four-game series, 4-3. Please subscribe. Smash the like button for me. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer, at Jim Russell SD. Really do appreciate the Supers on a night like tonight because it's going to be hard for me to keep up with the chat. I will see the Supers. It'll be really hard to keep up with the chat. So if you do want to support the channel, if you do want to contribute, just click the dollar sign in the chat box down below. And, of course, we appreciate the memberships as well. Click join. Down below, you can become a member, get custom emojis and badges. Um, so there's a lot to get into. And as you make your way in, um, you know, please comment in the chat and we'll get into everything and we'll try to get to as much as we can here tonight. Um, initial takeaway here tonight is this, you know, offensively at home, obviously there have been some struggles. Uh, there were a couple of, listen, there were some good and there was some bad in here and we'll get into Tatis as well. Um, First and foremost, you're seven and seven overall. It's not the end of the world. It's obviously not the end of the world. Is it fully clicking right now? No, it's not. Is there something that's off with this team right now? I think you could argue it. I think not having Joe Musgrove, a leader, um, is, you know, I think it's been an issue. Uh, the fact that we haven't seen Tatis as of yet, Robert Suarez, right? Um, so I, I think there's a number of things. I think also it's early and seven and seven is not the end of the world. But you know, you look at a game like this, and they went from the first inning to the seventh inning without a hit. Machado homer's great. Grisham home run was a huge spot. I mean, a two-out, two-run home run in the eighth inning. You need to find a way to win a game when you have positive momentum like that. Hater, a scoreless ninth inning. And, you know, you allow a run in the top of the tenth inning, and then you have a runner cut down at third base in the bottom of the tenth inning. And that, for all intents and purposes, you know, puts you behind the eight ball, and the Padres, you know, lose uh, 4-3 in this game. So, you know, curious to get your thoughts, obviously, on this one. Um, you know, just looking at the box score here tonight. Um, you know, six hits and in 10 innings. Now Milwaukee had six hits and in 10 innings, too. But, you know, some of this offense is not turning over. You know, every time Juan Soto takes a step forward, you could argue there's a step back. Obviously, Xander Bogarts has been incredibly valuable for this team. Two more hits tonight. Um, Machado's first home run, it took to his 14th game to homer. He was one for four with that solo home run. Grisham, obviously, the biggest hit of the night for the Padres. Um, you know, Cronenworth sitting under 200. Hassan Kim was 0 for 4. Rugnet Odor was 0 for 3. Austin Nola is hitting 100. 
Um, so, you know, there's been some offensive struggles. Um, you know, on the mound, I thought Nick Martinez was good enough. I really did. I mean, he gave you, he gave you six innings. Um, you know, I thought that should have been enough. I think the bullpen, by and large, is good in this game. Uh, Wilson, Hill, Hayter, Garcia, the run that Garcia allowed, obviously, with the runner at second in the 10th inning is an unearned run. So, you know, it's one of those nights where I said this earlier today on um, on radio. And again, guys, as you make your way in, please subscribe. Smash the like button for me. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD. Thank you for your support of the channel with the Super Chats. Really do appreciate it. We'll get to all of the Supers here tonight. Um, you know, I said this earlier today. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was saying earlier today, though, on, on John and Jim. <laughs> I'm already losing my train of thought. This is what happens when I don't have some someone to bounce things off with Jim. Um, trying to think, what was the? Th- oh yeah, I, I know what I said today. You're facing a Brewers team that's that's going to be good. They were good last year. They weren't great, but they're going to be good. Um, you know, I don't know if they're World Series caliber, but they're certainly playoff caliber. But you kind of had this golden opportunity this weekend. It looked like because you're not facing Brandon Woodruff, who's been great in two starts. He was just placed on the IL, so you you miss Woodruff tonight. And you miss Corbin Burns this series as well because they've moved everyone back a day. Burns could have been available to pitch Sunday in this series, but they've moved him back until Monday. So knowing that, knowing that you're going to miss the two aces for Milwaukee, you're thinking, well, maybe this is a chance to win a series. Now, it's not easy to take three out of four against any team in the big leagues, but against a good team, obviously that's not easy. Um, And again, they don't have to take three out of four in this series, but it just seemed like, hey, maybe this is a nice time to get Milwaukee at home considering you're not getting Woodruff or Burns, but Milwaukee takes game one of the series. So a little bit disappointing considering, um, you know, you have the pitching matchups kind of work in your favor. You're facing Colin Ray, who's had no success in the big leagues. You, you look at his career big league numbers, he's had no success. And tonight, one run in five and two-third innings. And that's just not good enough for the offense. And there's excuses, but they go both ways. Yeah, it's 55 degrees out. Yeah, it's cloudy. Yeah, there's marine layer. But there's 45,000 people there, and you got to find a way to manufacture more than two hits against Colin Ray. Simple as that. All right, let's uh, get this thing started with the first super of the night. We'll tell you about all of our partners here. If you want to join us in a uh, daily fantasy contest with Underdog Fantasy, click the pinned chat at the top. Uh, Underdog Fantasy three-person contest is going on right now. Just click the link up above. It is pinned at the top of the chat. Use promo code PODSWRAP if you want a 100% deposit match as well, up to $100. Again, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Um, okay, Nick, thank you for your super chat. Really do appreciate the supers tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Nick with the first super here of the night. He says, do the Padres not know or care how to play small ball? Down a run in the tent, that was frustrating. Well, they've had serious struggles with men in scoring position. Um, let's see. Here tonight, they were 0 for 3. I want to say they were 0 for 7 yesterday in New York. They're hitting about 200 as a team. They came into tonight 205 as a team. With men in scoring position, they go 0 for 3. So they're playing that 201, 202, 203 range. Right now, so that's a problem. Um, the small ball, I think at times, Nick, you're right. It's not just hitting with men in scoring position. It's moving runners. It's getting runners in. Um, there have been times it's worked out. It seems like by and large, these first 14 games, it really hasn't worked out very well. You know, down around the 10th inning, there's some inter- interesting strategies here. You know, you've already used. Let's see, you you had already used your fourth reliever in Garcia. I don't think you're playing for a tie in that spot at home. I mean, you certainly could, you know, you could play to get a runner over to third with only one out and try to tie the score. Um, Or you could play for a two-run inning and try to end the game. You know, if you go deeper into your bullpen, you'd be using your 
Let's see, sixth pitcher of the night, fifth reliever of the night, which is better than losing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd prefer to use a fifth reliever, even if Garcia pitches second inning, as opposed to lose the game 4-3. I don't think I'm playing really – you know, am I butting um, whomever over there, Dixon? Am I butting Dixon to third with one out to try to tie the score and lift to see another inning? I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm probably playing to win in that spot, but – you know, whatever happened obviously didn't work out. You know, Dixon running on a ball hit behind him makes sense. Adamas made a good throw. Um, you know, I saw, you know, people were saying, hey, they, that should have been challenged. Looked like Dixon was in there safe. I mean, watching it live and then again on replay, it didn't appear to me as if he was safe. If someone has a photo or an angle or uh, a video, um, tag me on Twitter. I'll take a look at it. I, I think it might have been a tough challenge to win if you're the Padres, but maybe maybe I missed it. Um, I was trying to do multiple things at once. Maybe I missed it, but um, yeah, just frustrating. I mean, clearly a very frustrating 10th inning for the Padres. Um, you know, I'm looking at the chat right now. Um, yeah, like I'm with Brent, and thank you, Nick, and thank you guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know why I'm, I'm, why would I bunt there? I mean, that's, that's not really the home strategy in extra inning games. If, if, you know, if you look at, at the last three or four years in baseball, when teams are trailing by a run in that spot, they're not usually tying, trying to tie the score. I mean, it's April, whatever you're playing for an 11th inning. I mean, you're, you're playing a win is what I would think in that spot. Yeah. You'd prefer an 11th and losing the game. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really bunting in that spot now. You know, some people disagree. Some people say that's baseball one-on-one. You get the runner over. Um, yeah, I don't know about in that spot, to be honest. I don't, I don't know if that's the spot um, to get a runner over. Now, this whole idea of the challenge, I, I need to see I mean, I need to see it. I need to see it again. Um, is, that the, is that the common thought here tonight, guys? I mean, should this play have been challenged? Was he clearly safe? Was there evidence? Was there video evidence to show that he would have been safe? I, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, so maybe there was, um, but from what I saw, it didn't appear to me that that was going to be a challenge that they were going to win. And maybe I missed something. Um, yeah, I'm with you too, Chris. I mean, it's true. I mean, what, what is there to lose? Nothing, but I mean, was it going to be overturned? I mean, the throw beat him by a mile. So I, I just don't know if it would have been overturned or not in that spot. Um, Let's see here. Again, as you make your way in, guys, subscribe, smash the like button, follow us on Twitter. Appreciate the super chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. I don't really think it comes down to that. I mean, when I think about this game, I don't think about the fact that Bo Melden challenge in that spot because I don't think he would have won the challenge. Um, you know, it comes down to a couple of things. The fact is the Padres, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they've been a little bit helter-skelter. They had some games in Atlanta where they scored some runs. Um, you know, at home, this has continued now for a second consecutive season, it appears, where, you know, they're struggling to score on offense at home. Um, there's reasons. This happens in April. It happens in May. It's not a great hitter's yard the first couple of months of the season. Um, you know, and it seems like it gets to them to some extent, to be honest. Now, again, Machado tonight homers. Grisham tonight homers. Um, you know, Soto had a couple of opportunities in this game, batting in a big spot. Um, again, Bogart's had a good game. Uh, Nelson Cruz had a hit in a in a pretty significant moment. I think in the seventh inning when they had first and second with only one out, but then Cronenworth grounded into a double play. It, it's tough to overanalyze any one game in any one season, and it's really tough to overanalyze fourteen games into the season. I think we just have to 
we have to be honest with each other. I mean, they're they're seven and seven. You know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's also not the best start in the world. They've been an average team. I don't think they've been better than an average team to this point. I don't think their record should be better than seven and seven. Having watched all of these games, there's nothing that tells me the Padres deserve quote unquote to be better than seven and seven right now. I don't think they really deserve to be worse than seven and seven right now either. Um, so they are where they are. They'll get reinforcements. Um, earlier today, Bob Melvin said that Joe Musgrove is going to throw a bullpen tomorrow. We'll see how he does with that. And then they'll announce his next rehab start and will be one rehab start or two, but he'll be back sooner rather than later, right? Within the next, let's say 10 to 15 days. And you know, you're pushing the end of April, but it's not the end of the world. So you have Musgrove and then you have Fernando Tatis Jr., which to me is really the story of the night. You know, it's one thing to lose a game to Milwaukee in April. It's another thing to see what Fernando Tatis Jr. is doing right now. And I get it. It's AAA. Is it going to carry over? It may very well not, obviously. But five for six with three home runs in a AAA game and eight RBIs is ridiculous. And he's really hit since his slow start to spring, whether it was spring training. We're now in six games with El Paso. I mean, the guy's flat out hitting. He's eligible to come off the suspended list a week from today. So we're inside of a week for Fernando Tatis Jr. And, and maybe that is, you know, the missing piece would make sense when you consider how valuable he's been when he's played. Um, so I think Tatis could be the missing piece. I think Musgrove could be the missing piece. Suarez could be the missing piece. We don't know when we're going to see Suarez, obviously. Um, but again, I mean, this team is not 100% healthy. This team is not playing to its full capabilities, clearly. I, it, there's no point to make excuses. I mean, Bogarts, Machado, Soto, Corona, where should be enough uh, to be winning more than half your games. And I think they have enough pitching as well where the pitching's held up. The Wakas, the Lugos, you got Darvish in there. I mean, even without Musgrove, you know, there's a team, obviously, even if they didn't get Musgrove back for a while, and even if they didn't have Fernando Tatis Jr. like they didn't last year, shouldn't be a 500 team. They should be much better obviously than a 500 team but again it's only been you know a handful of games at this point or two weeks of games at seven and seven um let's see here okay so there's i love these i love these conversations i, I wish i could put it in the chat so okay i think there's arguments going on because i'm trying to do the show and keep up with the chat i think people are arguing about whether or not the padres should have bunted with Cronoworth with dixon at second to lead off the bottom of the 10th inning I, that's not some like uh, asinine decision by Bob Melvin not to bunt. It's just not. I mean, you bunt and get a run on a third, you're not guaranteeing getting the run in. And even if you get the run in, you haven't guaranteed yourself winning the game. What gives you a better chance to win the game? Bunting there or playing for two runs, right? I mean, the, the bunt there doesn't guarantee you anything. It guarantees you one out where if you don't bunt in that spot, you can potentially win the game with one swing. Of course, you can lose You can lose the game either way. I mean, bunt or no bunt, you can lose the game either way. I, I think putting it all on Bob Melvin or putting it all on, you know, Jake Cronoworth in that spot, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, we, we've watched these extra inning games play out for the last four or five years. That's not a typical bunting spot. Down a run, bottom of the 10th inning. What are you playing for? You're playing to use another reliever and go through the entire thing again in the 11th inning? To me... I'm not going to fault that at all. And you you guys know me. If if you've been here before, I'll be critical of Bob Melvin. I just don't think not bunting in that spot is a reason to be overly critical of Bob Melvin. I don't think most managers actually in that spot would have bunted in that spot. Um, so let's see. What else here in the chat? 
People saying Cronenworth was over three. I mean, Jay Cronenworth, you just gave eighty million dollars to. So just because Jay Cronenworth is over three doesn't mean he's not capable. First of all, he can get the runner over without bunting, in theory. Or what if he comes up with a base hit and then you're in position to win the game? So I, I just I don't I don't see it that way. But again, maybe that's semantics and that's the beauty of baseball and that's the back and forth that makes this game, in my opinion, as good as uh, as any. But Okay, let me, uh, while we have a moment here, I do want to remind you about our title sponsor. That is Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. Listen, guys, if you're here, please support Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. He's been our title sponsor since day one. If you have any insurance needs, I've got a life insurance policy. I've got homeowner's insurance. I have earthquake insurance. Whatever you need, Mark Nimitz is your guy. And he can save you so much money on your insurance just by switching. So the next time you have a renewal before you just renew or the next time you need an insurance policy before you contact someone else, contact Mark Nimitz. He supports this channel. He's a San Diegan. He's a lifelong Padres fan. He can save you $750 or more by switching to your insurance to Mark. Uh, he's got great service and communication. Take it from me because I've had these insurance policies with him for the last couple of years. There's a link down below in the description on YouTube to get to Mark Nimitz's website. You can see it on the screen. You can get a quote online. As well. So if you support this channel, if you want to support a local San Diego business, please get in contact with Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. All right, John Schaefer with you, hanging out. Padres lose to the Brewers tonight, game one of a four game series, four three. Uh, game two, obviously, tomorrow night. This is this is funny. I'm just looking at the chat. The back and forth on this is is really is really funny. And, and you know, with all due respect, either way, I get it, you know. You can kick and scream and yell, should have bunted until you're blue in the face. I can kick and scream and yell and say, shouldn't have bunted until I'm blue in the face. And that's baseball, right? That really is. That really is baseball. So we'll see if they can bounce back, you know, tomorrow. Game two of a four-game series. Um, game two of a seven-game homestand before they head to the road, where they're going to be in Phoenix to take on the Diamondbacks, Chicago to take on the Cubs, and then Mexico City to take on the Giants. And by the way, tomorrow is former Padre Eric Lauer opposite Michael Waka. That's your pitching matchup tomorrow, 640, down at Petco Park. We're broadcasting, by the way, San Diego Sports 760. Join us at the Blind Borough. Please make sure to swing by. I'll be broadcasting live 3 to 6. Uh, Kevin Acey will be on the show. So make sure to swing by, say hi, grab a drink, grab a bite to eat before you make your way inside Petco tomorrow night. I need to thank Nick again for the Super Chat. Thank you guys for the Super Chats. If you want to support just click the dollar sign below the chat box. Great way to support this channel and uh, the work we do day in and day out. Um, okay, so Nick says, my point was more the lack of a steal in the 10th inning. A steal in the 10th inning? Um, I'm going back to the way the inning plays out. So the first batter of the inning is Cronenworth. He grounds out to short. They get the out at third. Now you have Cronenworth at first with one out. Then I forget who makes the second out, but then you have the Azokar infield single. It's first and second, two outs for Campisano. I have that right, right? So I don't know where the stolen base really factors in, Nick, unless I'm unless I'm missing something. And, and put it in the chat if I'm missing something. I don't know where the steal really applies um, for the Padres in the 10th inning. Someone correct me. Where's the? Uh, what am I missing on a steal in the tenth inning? Because you got a runner at second to start the inning. I mean, you're not stealing third. Um. So we're saying, yeah, I, I don't know. 
So Nick, put another comment in the chat. The specific example of where they should have stolen a base in the 10th inning or where you would have liked them to see them take another base. If you're saying, well, okay, if you can get Cronenworth to second with two outs and then a Zokar, but a Zokar had an inf- infield hit, you know? So I don't know if how it applies or not. Um, just looking at the chat here. When Jake was on first, he should have stolen. Thank you, Carlos. But how would that have changed the result? So Jake was on first with one out. If he was on second with one out, well, they never had a ball that left the infield. They would have lost, I think, either way. Um, Oh, okay. I got you, Nick. Just thought Jake should have attempted to take second after the Dixon out. Get to Toronto back into scoring position with one out. Yeah, no, understood. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in an ideal world, you'd prefer to have that, but you can't make the second out there, can you? I mean, you got the tying run at first with only one out. Um, I don't think you can run your way out of that spot, and we'd have to look more at, you know, time to the plate for that reliever who was on, whoever the hell it was after Devin Williams, you know, how good the catcher is. I mean, it's a bit of a leap of faith after you have a runner, you know, thrown out a third to then just try to steal second to get because it doesn't it's it's not apples to apples anymore because there's one thing to have a runner at third with one out it's another thing to have a runner at second with one out you still need a base hit with a runner at second and one out to tie the game so you know yeah you'd prefer to have the runner at second because if you get a base hit then yeah that's the difference between tying the game and not but they never had a ball that left the infield so it's just, it's, it happens. I mean, th- there's really no good choice there. Dixon has a ball hit behind him. What's he supposed to do? When a ball's hit behind you, you're taught to go. Well, Adamus, to his credit, made a play that was easy for him. Um, you know, if Dixon goes back to second instinctually, then Adamus goes to first, and you have a runner at second and one out, which is better than a runner at first with one out. But either way, you've still taken away the possibility of getting that run in with a sack fly or a ground out, you know, you've taken away the runner third one out situation. Once Milwaukee got the first out and eliminated the runner at second base, they had the advantage. Um, And then they ended up, you know, closing the door on the Padres. But again, I I don't think it all comes down to the bottom of the 10th inning at the end of the day. I mean, there were other, well, they really didn't have that many opportunities to be honest in this game. Grisham, you know, ties it up and you just need to find a way after that happens to win the game. You know, I just think after that, you need to find a way to win the game. Appreciate it, though, Nick. Appreciate your super chats. Appreciate your uh, um, back and forth here tonight on the wrap up show. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Michael. I am. I'm completely with you. There's no reason. I'll give you some recent examples. I think 2017 Dodgers. And 2018 Dodgers both played in the World Series. Both of those teams were under 500, I think, 29 games into the season, something like that. Obviously, the Nationals, when they won the World Series, are 10 or 11 games under 500. Um, we've seen wildcard teams since the Nationals won the World Series um, in Atlanta. I think I have that right. So, I mean, no, there's there's no reason to be worried. But you still might ask yourself, you know, is this team playing to its abilities? Is this team looking like a team that's going to be, you know, capable of being the last team standing? And they don't have to be capable of that today. It's it's April, you know, it's not September and it's not October. And this isn't the finished product. And AJ Preller can address needs if he needs to, you know, three months from now, even sooner if he so chooses. And he's going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back, presumably. He's going to get Joe Musgrove back. Hopefully he gets Robert Suarez back. Maybe he gets Drew Pomerantz back. I'll believe it when I see it. 
as he has like the next strain today before he starts his AAA rehab. So I, I'm not worried. It's like those things like it's like uh, we've been talking about this on the radio. It's like when your parents say like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. It's almost worse <laughs> when someone's disappointed in you as opposed to just being mad at you. Um, that's a little bit about how I feel about the Padres right now. It's like, I'm not upset. I don't think they've lost anything at seven and seven. In fact, I know they haven't lost anything at seven and seven. I'm just a little bit surprised slash disappointed at some of the play that I've seen the first two weeks of the season. Blake Snell, crazy disappointing. Runners in scoring position, small ball, moving runners, right? There, there's certain trend lines here through two weeks that I think are a bit concerning. And then some of the individual struggles for some of these hitters, the Nolas, the Cronoworths, um, even a Soto, if you want to go there, um, you know, even a Machado who's had one home run in 14 games. So, you know, there, there's some things that you say, well, you know, it, it could be concerning if it continues. If 14 games turns into, you know, 34 games, I think you could be somewhat concerned or worried, but 14 games, I'm with you, Michael. I'm completely with you. Um, it's just too small of a sample size. I mean, shoot, even if they're at 544 games into the season, what is that? That doesn't mean they're not going to win the World Series. I mean, with all the teams that make the playoffs at the expanded wild card, um, good teams will find a stretch where they get hot. You only need one 15 and three stretch to create some distance and to, you know, be trending in the right direction. I mean, you could be 30 and 30, and then all of a sudden you go 15 and three over an 18 game stretch and 12 games over before the halfway point. And then all of a sudden you're on pace to be 24 games over 500 at the end of the year. So no, there's no reason to worry. I agree with you. Um, I think they're capable of playing better than they played even without Tatis and Musgrove, but no, I'm with you. I don't think there's, there's any reason to be worried. Brisk, what's going on? Um, guys, please uh, subscribe, smash the like button, follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD. Appreciate the supers. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box. Appreciate the memberships. Just click join. As well, if you want to join our uh, underdog fantasy contest that's going on for tomorrow, click the link that is pinned at the top of the chat. If you use promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 as well. So if you, if you missed it, Jim is currently in Cabo. So Jim is in Cabo for the weekend with his fiance his future wife. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm not going to be by my phone. You won't be able to reach me. I'm not going to be following the Padres. I'm not going to be on Twitter. He's All he does is text me all night long. He's been on Twitter all day. <laughs> so he pretends like he's like, oh, Cabo, it's so amazing. And he's, it's like the ex exact same experience. He should be in the wrap-up show right now. I'm like, dude, get in the wrap-up show. All you're doing is texting me. But, you know, he's pretending like he's having the time of his life um, in Cabo. So anyway, that's where he is. He'll be back on Monday for the radio show, John and Jim, and then he'll be back here on the wrap-up show on Monday night as well. Um, let me see here. Let me get caught up in the chat. Let's see here. And let me know if there's anything else we should be discussing here tonight. If you want to get into, we can we can get into some things. Rodolfo, what's going on? <laughs> I, I think... He's not being serious. By the way, today, Scott Boris was at Petco Park. It caused a little bit of a stir. It turned out he was there because Juan Soto was being presented with the Silver Slugger Award for 2022. So Scott Boris, Soto's agent, was at Petco today. No extension looming, we don't think. It would have been amazing, though, if there was a Juan Soto extension today with, with Jim and Cabo. He would have freaked the F out. 
if that happened. But um, yeah, Soto got the Silver Slugger Award for 2022 today. Scott Boris was in the building. Uh, some other cool things today. Uh, Aztecs, we got the SDSU sweatshirt, Padres hat. Um, you had the entire San Diego State basketball team there. The standing ovation, cool video tribute. Brian Dutcher, the head coach, Lamont Butler, hit the game winner against FAU. Both throughout first pitches, the entire team was there in general. I thought it was really cool. They were honored again during the game as well um, when they showed them in their suite. So that was pretty cool. I thought that was really cool to see San Diegans and Padres fans supporting the uh, the Aztecs here tonight. Uh, this is possible. <laughs> A year ago, that did happen. I literally was going to kill him when he entered the show drunk and then literally just ended the stream. And that's why I always like to say Jim's an idiot. Um, what's my favorite thing about Jim when he's not here? When he's not here. <laughs> oh man, this is a little bit of a feisty, a little bit of a feisty uh, chat tonight, is it not? It appears to be. Um, Ivan or Ivan? Um, I'm assuming Ivan. Uh, has Soto started to lose value? No, I don't think so. I really don't. Um, if at the end of 2023, his numbers are where they are right now, let's say at the end of this season, Soto had a, let me just pull it up. If Soto had a 784 OPS at the end of the season and, you know, had 20 home runs and 80 RBIs and hit 200, yeah, probably. You know, and you know he's he's betting on himself. Obviously, he could have signed a four hundred and forty million dollar deal, maybe larger than that, with the Nationals a couple of years ago. And you know that would have been the biggest deal in baseball history, and that wasn't good enough. And he's holding out for more, whether it's more years or more money or a higher AAV. So is the risk there? Yeah, there absolutely is risk. But you're talking about a twenty four year old that posts and stays healthy and gets on base. And I think because of all of that, I think. Well, I know teams are going to bet on Juan Soto's future. I don't know if they're going to bet on his future to the tune of four or five hundred million dollars. I think the Padres would. I think if Scott Boris and the Padres were at the same table right now, I think the Padres would pony up, even with Soto, Soto having performed the way he has in the roughly eighty games he's played as a Padre. I think the Padres probably would pony up if they didn't have to like reach even further to do it. If it was quote unquote reasonable, I don't know what's reasonable for a you know twenty four year old that's going to make four or five hundred million dollars. But I think the Padres having made that trade that they made um, would much prefer to keep him than lose him after 2024. And I think Juan Soto is going to have a ton of huge moments this year and in 2024 and beyond. I think he's a fully capable. I mean, he's the front runner still to win national league MVP two weeks into the season. So it's, you know, again, yeah, I think it's a fair question. I do. Because, again, if, if you've been watching and you've only been watching him as a Padre, there, there's reasons for, you know, disappointment or to be upset with some of his play. Um, I think some of it is absolutely fair. I don't know if all of it is fair. I thought he had a decent postseason with the Padres. I thought he had some big moments. No, no doubt. His regular season last year after getting traded was not up to his standards. These first two weeks have, you know, left something to be desired. It's been fine. I don't think it's been terrible. Um, his worst career month is April. Um, and here we are in April and he's, he's not having a great start to the year. I thought he had a nice WBC he had a nice spring training. I thought it would carry over. I still do. I still do. I mean, we're not even at the 10% point of the season, right? 10% of the games would be 16, 16, 17 games. You know, we're at 14 games. So 
it can turn quickly and hopefully it does. I mean, again, I think the attention and the criticism will only increase on Soto if 14 games becomes 21 games, becomes 28 games. And he's hitting 200 with an OPS sub 800. Um, I think there'll be more and more people asking questions like that, Yvonne. But right now, like a lot of the issues going on right now with the Padres, I'm not worried. I'm not overly concerned. I'm just a little bit surprised that they haven't looked um, a little bit more in tune to start the season, whether that's individually or collectively. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there is something about this hot talent lava. There is something about the fact that they can play in front of some huge crowds in San Diego and be very quiet. We've seen it really over the last three years, 2021, 2022, 2023. Not, not always. I mean, we also saw five all far walk-off moments last year. So it's not like every single time they play at home, they lose. They had a winning record last year at home. I don't know what their 2021 home record was, but I would presume it was a winning record as well. Um, but yeah, they struggle to score at home. I mean, they they have struggled to score at home, I, I think outside of 2020. But 2020 was two-month season, and it was July and August, and the weather was warm, and the, the ball jumps a little more. I, I, I really do believe that the offense is going to look fine uh, and hopefully better than fine with Tatis back in it. I think, you know, you give it a, a little bit of time. Everyone's playing together. Tatis, Machado, Soto, Bogarts just doesn't make sense that you that you wouldn't be one of the better offenses in baseball, right? It just doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to bet on that, like just the eye test, um, that they'll find ways to be a really good offense. And I'm not saying it's going to happen the day that Tatis returns, but I think that if we give it a little bit of time, there's a – there's a good reason to believe um, that the offense is going to be good. And then for whatever reason, sometimes on the road, you know, they look like a completely different offense. At least they did in Atlanta, not necessarily though at City Field um, against the Mets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, you know, Pedro, you you watch and listen. I mean, you know. I mean, we we do criticize. Um, I, I think I'm as honest about the Padres and Jim as well as really most people, probably in the local media, if we're being honest with each other. But having spent 15 years working in professional baseball, did you know that I worked in minor league baseball? I mean, I'm not gonna panic off seven and seven. I'll criticize. I've been criticizing Blake Snell. I've been critical of Austin Nola. I've told you right now. I mean, the Soto numbers aren't where you'd like them to be. The Machado numbers aren't where you'd like them to be. Machado's got a 640 OPS, but it's also 14 games. So, like, just because he has 640 OPS today doesn't mean he has a 640 OPS after 162. Um, so, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair point and question. I'd say give it more time. I think there'll be a point. I, w- I used to say there were like three checkpoints in a season, maybe four, Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day, and then the end of the season. So I guess kind of four. 
Um, clearly, we're not just going to wait till Memorial Day and and not you know judge these players. We're in the business of you know reacting you know positively and negatively every single day. It's just I, I don't think it's fair personally for me today to say you know burn the thing down. What an embarrassment! Uh, this offense is a joke, and they're not going to hit this year I, because I don't believe that. But do I think there's some concerning trend lines? Yeah, they can't hit with men in scoring position. They haven't been good situationally. That's and you know Blake Snell's been bad. Bullpen's been up and down. Bullpen was fine tonight. That they need an eighth inning guy. They will clearly need an eighth inning guy. Um, so it's not about it's not about me criticizing. It's not about us being worried. It's about you know are the trend lines going to continue like this or not? If they continue like this, it's problematic. If it turns, you know they're one three game winning streak away from being three games over 500 for the first time this year, or they're one three-game losing streak from being three games under 500 for the first time this year. So we'll react as we have to, right? Day in and day out. Like Alex says, keep the faith. And I would. I mean, I would absolutely keep the faith, you know, off a 7-7 seven and seven start. You know, if they're 3-11 and 11 right now, I'd be concerned and I'd be worried. I really would. But they're not 3-11. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, Adam, thank you for the... Uh, for the comment again thank you guys for hanging out please subscribe smash the like button follow me on twitter at john schaefer thank you for the supers just click the dollar sign below the chat box adam says uh, juan soto has a career 719 ops at petco since he got here last year he can't hit a petco for some reason yeah accurate he has not hit at petco for whatever reason yeah that's accurate and i think it can be hard um for some to hit at petco um and that's been documented and discussed a lot. Not everyone. Look at what Bogarts has done to start the year. But, um, yeah, I think that's accurate, Adam. Yeah, he has struggled at Petco Park. Well said. Uh, ben, what's going on, man? Good to have you in the chat. Appreciate you hanging out tonight. He says, I think the most frustrating thing is this is the same conversation we've had as fans for the last few years. It worked out in 2022, but it didn't work out in 2021. This should not still be happening. Yeah, you're thinking about just what? Just like this kind of turning over and this offense being better than what we have seen so far. I agree with that. It's like you, in the off season, you're like, man, look at this, look at this team. Um, and this is the last couple of off seasons. You're thinking to yourself, man, we got Tatis and and Machado, and then man, we got Tatis and Machado and Soto, and then man, we got Tatis, Machado, Soto, Bogarts, and then you pair them with players like Jay Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, Trent Grisham, who's you know had a power stroke here to start the year, and you, you think to yourself, well, that should be more than enough. That should be more than enough. Even if there's a weak link in the lineup, like the catcher spot, that should be more than enough to create rallies and create offense and win games and have some crooked numbers in there. And that's happened occasionally this year, um, but not nearly enough. And part of me, and I've been saying this on the radio, is like I'm kind of waiting until Tatis is here to make a full assessment, fair or unfair. And part of me is also waiting for Joe Musgrove to be here to make a fair assessment. But the truth is, we don't we don't know. You could get Musgrove back, and then you could have another injury in your rotation, or you could get Tatis back, and someone else could struggle or uh, be on the IL. So you can't just sit around waiting all season for the perfect twenty six man roster because it may never present itself. We don't know if we'll get Tatis and Musgrove and Suarez and Pomerantz and whomever else all together on the roster at the same time. But that's basically every team in baseball, right? This is something you have to deal with over the course of the season. So I'm with you, Ben. I think regardless of whether they're quote unquote 100% or not, they should be playing better than what we've seen so far. 
Um, and if this continues for a long period of time, there'll be more and more concerns. But at 14 games and on April 13th, you know, I, I'd be lying, honestly, if I said I'm I'm overly concerned because and I don't want to lie to you guys about it because I'm not overly concerned right now. But things change. And if this continues for another two weeks and they fall three or four games under 500, which nobody wants to see, then there'll be more reasons to be concerned. You know, that's how I look at it. Um, OK, guys, I do want to remind you about our longtime partner here on the wrap up show. Great supporter of this channel. Our friends over at Aura. Will, their co-founder, is a huge Padres fan. He's also a San Diegan. This is an amazing company. All of their products are plant-based. There is a link down below on YouTube. Just click the uh, description to get to that link down below. ORA.organic. I take their probiotic every single day. I get it delivered every single month. Auto renew. I take it every day for digestion, heart health, mental clarity, and all kinds of reasons. They have proteins for after workouts. They have pre-workout supplements, omega-3 oils. If you're taking a fish oil, you can take an omega-3 oil from Aura. They also have sleep pills and immunity pills. Really an amazing company uh, based in San Diego, offices in Liberty Station. They've been working with us for over a year. I've been taking their probiotic for over a year. Jim's been using their protein products for over a year. So we really do highly recommend Aura. If you're looking to get healthier, if you take supplements, um, these are affordable they are plant-based. The company does business in San Diego and works with us here on the wrap-up show. So again, if you're looking to get healthier, um, whether it's yourself or your spouse, your family, or your friends, please support our partner here on the wrap-up show, Aura. That is ORA.organic. Again, ORA.organic or click the description down below on YouTube and you get a link there directly. All right, Padres lose again to the Brewers tonight, 4-3 game, one of a four-game series. Padres didn't get Brandon Woodruff tonight, but they made Colin Ray look like Brandon Woodruff. They will not get Corbin Burns later this series, and we'll see if the Padres can find a way to win at least two of the next three games in this series to get a split, and you know, hopefully even better than that. Maybe they can find a way to win each of the next three games. But again, they lose game one. The beginning of what is a challenging stretch, I mean, it's been a challenging stretch, truthfully, with Atlanta and New York, but you're getting Milwaukee and Atlanta at home. In Arizona, which has been a little bit of a house of horrors for the Padres, the Cubs will see. Um, but then to Mexico City, so a little bit of a lengthy road trip. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s return on that trip. How will he deal with everything that surrounds him, media, uh, opposing fans, um, a return to the big leagues for the first time in how many months, 20 months, something like that. So that's what's to come here for the Padres over the next couple of weeks. Um, Caleb, thank you. Good point. Better position than the Phillies and the Cardinals right now. And by the way, neither of those two teams have played their way out, obviously. The old adage of, you know, you, you can't win a pennant or you can't win a division in April, but you sure can lose it. You can't really lose anything in April. I mean, unless you're a really bad team. Certainly, if you started 2-20, and 20, you know, 3-14, and 14, you, you're putting yourself behind an eight ball and you're probably not a very good team if you're starting 2-20 and 20 or 3-14. and 14. Um, so maybe a team like that could play the, themselves out in the first 20, 25 games. But, you know, a team that's four games under, 25 games in, with a good roster, has not played themselves out of anything. And this is, what, 13 games in for, you know, some of these teams, 14 games in for the Padres. So nobody, none of these quote-unquote good teams have played them their way out of anything at this point. Um, let me get to this. 
So what is this? Pod Sin 69 <laughs> says San Diego Press is soft. I don't know who, who he's referring to. I don't know if he's referring to me, um, Jim, others. Um, I, we get typically criticized for being the opposite, to be honest. In fact, just yesterday on the radio, someone tweeted in and said, man, if you're going to be as critical as you are of the Padres, I hope you also you know sing a tune for the things that have gone well so far for the Padres. We're trying to treat it you know, level-headed. And equally, and there have been some good things like the Wakas and the Lugos, like the Bogarts, um, you know, like Josh Hader. There's been a number of good individual stories. There have been good series. I mean, the series against the Braves, winning three straight games and three out of four overall. Um, they had a six and two run after they started 0 and 2. So, yeah, there's been some good and there's been some, some not so good. And that's why they're exactly 500 right now at seven and seven overall. Um, yeah, I'm concerned about this too. You know, I don't know if Pomerantz is going to pitch for this team. I, I'm definitely concerned about that. I don't know if I should be concerned. I didn't have any expectations that he was going to pitch, um, for this team this year, but with each passing day, it becomes more likely. I won't say that I won't say he won't pitch for this team. I think with each passing day, it becomes more likely he won't make a positive impact for this team. I have no idea if he pitches. It's only April. So maybe he does. I mean, there's so much time in the season, if he's beginning a rehab stint at some point, even in the next week, you can only rehab, I think, as a pitcher for 30 days in the minor league. So at some point, they're going to have a decision to make with Drew Pomerantz, and it's probably a decision they'll need to make before like June of this year. Um, but do I am I counting on Drew Pomerantz? No. There is no chance in hell I'm counting on Drew Pomerantz. Would it be a pleasant surprise if he impacts this team in a positive way? Yeah. And would you take it? Yeah. Look at his career numbers with the Padres since coming back. They're great with the caveat of he's never available. 47 appearances. I talked about it earlier today on the radio. For something like 47 appearances, 44 innings, and they've been good appearances, good innings. The problem is we haven't seen him since, I think, August 10th, 2021. If he comes back in May or June, you're talking about 22 months since his last appearance in the big leagues. That's not easy. So I'm just not expecting him to pay dividends. Um this year, unfortunately, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he proves a lot of people wrong because if he does pay dividends, if he becomes the pitcher he's capable of being and stays healthy for a 80-game stretch or the postseason, that could be a difference maker. If you have Pomerantz, Hader, Suarez, Garcia in your back end, you got a and they're healthy and effective, you got a, as good of a back end as you could possibly ask for, the type of back end that could win a World Series. If you don't have Suarez, if you don't have Pomerantz, and you just have Hader and then – serviceable to good pieces in addition to hater that's a lot different um than what i was talking about just a moment ago i agree todd <laughs> just kidding just kidding jim there's no way jim's watching right he's probably sitting actually in cabo literally like on his phone watching this entire thing you know so you know the, the other thing is and i see the chat right here you know i We've been having this Campusano-Nola conversation and this idea that all of a sudden Campusano's going to be getting a lot of playing time because he's hit a little bit in his first four starts and the Padres have won. Well, the Padres don't feel the same way we feel or fans feel right now because look at the fact that Austin Nola is, you know, he started back-to-back -back games even this week. I mean, yesterday in New York, today, um, you know, he appears to be the personal catcher for a couple of these starters. So somebody's going to need to make a decision on Campusano at some point. I think the Padres brass still is leaning towards Austin Nola to be the lion's share catcher. And they're leaning more on his 
I don't even know his experience, skill set, defensive, you know, abilities. Theoretically, he doesn't throw anyone out, but you know, his ability to call a game. I think they're leaning more on him and saying that the offense is more of a bonus, and we'd prefer to have the catcher that is, you know, calling the better game um, than the up and coming prospect catcher. Now, with that being said, I think Campisano has caught well, um, called games well, has showed a little bit of pop and power, has had some moments. Padres have done well in his start. So I do expect it to even or shift eventually. I just don't know when it's going to happen right now. It's more like Campisano getting 30% of the starts and Nola getting 70% of the starts. And people are talking like it's going to shift 70, 30 the other way. It's just not, not immediately. Could it? I, I think it could, but I think we're a long way from that. I think it might go from 70-30, Nola to 60-40, maybe eventually 50-50, and maybe eventually in the other direction. But I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Um, and, you know, you could argue whether that's the right decision or the wrong decision. And, you know, Nola has clearly struggled in a variety of areas to start the year. It's not just at the plate. Um, you know, teams have run all over the Padres to start the year. Um, you know, clearly, you know, Pitchers like throwing to him, right? There's no question about that. But, you know, I think the Padres catching situation is, is not a good one. I think it's a below average situation with some upside because of Campusano. But uh, there was a reason they were pursuing catchers, I think, in free agency to start the start the offseason because they knew that, you know, they didn't necessarily have enough or it might be a little bit of a liability. I think what they were thinking, and I agree with this assessment, is, well, we can't pay $100 million for every position. Um, you know, we can't be plus plus at every position. And if our lineup has, you know, six or seven good pieces and one or two that aren't as, as, you know, capable, we're, we're still in a good spot. You know, if we got four or five all-star caliber hitters in our lineup, we're going to be in a good spot. And I agree with that. I mean, you can't go out and buy every single position and you got to live with what you have sometimes. And Austin Knoll is going to hit better than 100, obviously. I mean, he's, he's a much better hitter than that, but again, is he going to give you much on offense? Um, no, you know, I, I don't think he's going to give you some crazy offensive production, especially off the way he has started this year. And I think Campisano has the ability to give you real offensive production. You know, I think Campisano has that ability. Um, but I don't, I'm not willing to say that Campisano all of a sudden is, you know, going to hit 285 with power if you play him 100 times because I just haven't seen enough. I'd love to see it. I hope he could hit 285 with power and catch 100 games. Um, but I mean, we're talking about the smallest of sample sizes having started four games. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that is fair. Um, yeah. I like it as a two man show. I think Jim gets the best out of me and I think I get the best out of Jim and we like the back and forth, the camaraderie and, but Jim's in Cabo and you know, next week I'm going to be away and he'll do some shows. So, um, so we do them for you day in, day out, regardless of who's available is the point. That's the point. Uh, what else guys? What else? Let me get to this. Thank you, Vince, for the super. Thank you guys. Really do appreciate it. Do appreciate the super here on this, uh, Thursday evening. Padres lose the Brewers in 10, four, three. Um, if you want to contribute with the super chat, if you want to become a member, click the dollar sign below the chat box. We do greatly appreciate it or click the join button. And you will get custom emojis and badges when you become a member. A number of you here tonight in the chat are members. So Vince says, is 7-7 seven and seven to start the season any cause for concern? So Vince, maybe you just hopped in. We've talked about this occasionally here over the course of the last 
50 minutes or so, I would say, honestly, as, as clearly as I can say it, no, the record isn't cause for concern. The cause for concern is what's going on behind the record. Why are they seven and seven? How have they gotten here? Seven and seven is not problematic. Three and 11 is problematic. Seven and seven is not problematic. But are there things behind the record, trend lines that are not encouraging? Yes, I do believe there are um, some things that are, are a little concerning that can be overcome in a short period of time, like a series or two. Everything can be rectified quickly. I had Doug Glanville on the radio, I think, last week. It was about seven games into the season. He's like small sample size, but this team has not been a good defensive team. That's accurate. Um, we've talked about some of the up and down elements of this offense, and they're not getting the most out of this offense right now. They're just not. I mean, Manny Machado and Juan Soto have not played up to their abilities so far. Um, not to say they've been anemic. I don't think they've been anemic, but they have not been all-star or MVP caliber like people expect them to be. Bogarts has been great, as we know. Cronenworth has not performed. And then, you know, starting pitching-wise, you haven't gotten anything really out of Darvish. You got 104 pitches, I think, his last outing, but he, he hasn't won in his first two starts, and he was a little bit behind because of the WBC. You've got nothing out of Musgrove, not his fault. He was hurt. And then Snell's been awful. Um, he's been flat out awful. And that's because he's not going deep into games and because he's thrown as many balls as strikes by and large this year. He's like, someone look it up, you know, 55, 45 strike the ball, maybe even worse than that percentage wise. And he's got a 70 RA through three starts. And you're hoping he's picking up the slack in the absence of pitchers like Joe Musgrove or you Darvish. And he hasn't picked up the slack. And this has been a very concerning thing um in his Padres career in the first halves of seasons so you know hopefully it turns I think it's capable of turning because we've seen it turn before with Blake Snell but no the record isn't the cause for concern but what we're seeing day in and day out and everyone here is watching this day in and day out and what you're watching is concerning but the end result seven and seven is is not concerning if that makes sense if that makes sense Is this accurate, chat? That Nola's caught stealing percentage is that bad? Like historically bad? I mean, I know to start the year it's historically bad, but it's like, you know, that's a really small sample size as well. But is is that I mean, that's that's bad, <laughs> you know, and that's a concern, especially with the larger bases, especially with the inability to throw over as much. Teams are running more. Um, so that could be leveraged against you. Um, you can yeah, you can lose games, you know. Um, yeah, and I agree. I agree, Chad. It is. It's, it could be a huge issue. It can cost you games. You know, I don't think it's going to cost you dozens of games, but it can cost you games. Um, and a team that's trying to win a division, you know, equal or surpass the greatest win total in a regular season, get to a World Series or win it. Yeah, it's again, we're talking about the things. The seven and seven is not the problem, but cutting down on an opponent's run game is a problem. And there's no where. What's the fix? What's the easy fix there? Who, who's Who's coming? I mean, who's going to save that? How are they going to do that? It's not all on the catchers, by the way. Pitchers need to be quicker to the plate, need to hold runners on, maybe even more so. If the catchers aren't, you know, capable of throwing guys out, you know. Um, let's see what else, guys.
I mean, it's it's so early that, I mean, even late, you don't really overreact to one game unless you kind of have to because your season is is on the line. Um, great point, Quan. I remember that. The starts of the year. They were clean defensively. It's not been the case. Even yesterday in New York, that ball between Soto and Grisham has to play has to be made. Absolutely has to be made at the big league level. Can never not be made. Has to be made 99.99% of the time, and it wasn't. And you'll lose a close game. And that's one of the reasons why you lose a close game. You give them a free run. You can't give good teams free runs, you know? So, I mean, that's basically the story tonight. I mean, there's there's more, obviously. I You know, I, I missed the first inning or two. I think I was either driving home or I was with my son. And, um, you know, you, you like to win when you score first at home. They did. Um, you like to win when you get a huge, massive pick-me-up moment like Trent Grisham's. They got that, but they just didn't win the game. Um, and Milwaukee's good. I, I think I don't think Milwaukee's going to be some 60-win team. Um, I think Milwaukee's going to be good. I thought they were good last year as well. Um, so Milwaukee's good. But, again, no no Woodruff, no Burns. At worst, got to find a way to split this series, right? Got to find a way to split this series right now, which means winning two of the next three. So let's see if they bounce back this weekend. Uh, Vince, appreciate it. Again, really do. He says, sorry, join late. What do we think of Martinez going back to the bullpen? Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Waka, Lugo, Weathers, already solid. Martinez has not started well. You know, I thought Martinez was fine tonight, you know, giving you six innings. They'll have some real decisions to make because of innings limits that they're going to push up against. Like a Lugo hasn't gone more than 80 innings in years. Um, You know, Waka is going to have innings restrictions. You know, I think I'd prefer when Musgrove comes back, I think I'm going to a five-man rotation and going to an eight-man bullpen, and here's why. Because at the end of this long stretch in April where you've played 24 games in 25 days or 23 games in 24 days, I forget what it is, and I always go back and forth and I just don't look it up. At the end of that, you play, I want to say you have five off days in a 15-day stretch. And one of those is a Mexico City off day, and then there's some others that are just built in inherently to the schedule. But if you have five off days in a 15-day stretch, I think I have that right. It's five off days in a 15-day stretch or maybe five off days within 15 games. Either way. You can't use a six-man rotation because then with the off days, it essentially becomes you're pitching every seventh or eighth day. That's way too much time. Plus, you're not getting the most out of the top of your rotation like, you know, um, Darvish, who you just paid, like Musgrove, who you just paid, and like Snell, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So you should be starting him if you think he's capable of helping the team. So I I go five-man rotation at least for a period of time, late April into May, and see how it works. And – I feel like that might benefit the bullpen as well. Um, so with all that being said, one, if not two of these guys are going to move to the bullpen because it, my strategy is get Musgrove back and and then you're moving two starters because you're going from a six-man to a five-man plus you're adding in uh, Joe Musgrove. So they're going to have to protect the innings of guys like Waka, Lugo, Weathers, Martinez, somewhere. And maybe they'll rotate through. Um, based on who's got a hot hand or who doesn't. Maybe they'll skip a turn. Maybe they'll make someone a long man for one or two turns. Um, but they're going to have decisions to make, Vince, to your point. I mean, it could, it could be someone like Martinez. It could be someone like Lugo. And you might be saying, well, Lugo's been great. Yeah, but he doesn't throw a lot of innings. You don't go from 80 innings to 150 innings in the big leagues, especially when you might need valuable innings in the postseason. And you're just asking for trouble when that happens. So it's been a great start for Waka 
and Lugo and to some extent Ryan Weathers as well. But it's something to keep an eye on. Maybe not in April, but you know, even come May, they're gonna they'll be massaging some of these innings restrictions. They'll be looking at where they can buy an extra day or an extra turn with some of these pitchers, if I was guessing, just based on how important innings limits and restrictions are with pitchers in the big leagues right now. So it's a good point, Vince. We'll 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 see what they ultimately end up doing. Uh, run it back. Thank you, man. Appreciate the super. He says, uh, can't use two position players to replace one catcher. Can't use two position. Run it back. Explain, explain the overall point. I'm, I'm tired. Put another comment in the chat. <laughs> uh, I mean, the point is accurate. You can't do that. Um, it's a little bit like um, having two quarterbacks means you don't have a quarterback. It feels like with these catchers, I think Campusano's got the upside. I want to see it. And I think Nola, you know, I don't know. He's been a liability, obviously, to start the year. So it's like, you know, do they have enough behind the plate to get through 162 and then win in the postseason? I thought Nola last year in the postseason was important, clearly. Had a big caught stealing of, was it Mookie Betts in that Dodger series? That was massive. Caught every single inning of the postseason. So clearly they trust him a lot, right? I mean, you get to the National League Championship Series, but – um yeah, I, I just, based on what we've seen to start the year, it leaves a lot to be desired. It really does. It really does. Um, yeah, and tonight, yeah, that's right, Quan. because I, how many bats or plate appearances did Nola have? Not more than two. Not more than two um, in the game. So they're aware. They're aware of the fact that he has struggled um, offensively to start the year, obviously. So, okay, guys, I think that'll probably do it here for the night. Uh, let me just check something real quick. And again, if you're here, please subscribe. Um, smash the like button and follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. We are back tomorrow night for game two of this series. Also join us from the Blind Borough that is downtown across from the Western Metal Supply Company building right there, right at Petco Park. So join us tomorrow Three to six, John and Jim broadcasting live. If you're making your way to Petco Park, get out of work maybe a little bit early. Come say hi, have a drink, grab a bite to eat, some tacos, Blind Borough, great spot, indoor, outdoor, right across from Petco Park. Whether you have tickets or not, great spot just to watch a game uh, from across the street at Petco Park. Uh, please support our partners, whether it is Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance of San Diego, that is a great insurance agent. He really is. Click the description down below. You'll find a link for Mark Nimitz's website. The next time you have a renewal, please get in contact with Mark. Aura, ORA.organic. Again, great plant-based nutrition company, ORA.organic. Click the link down below to find out all of their products, probiotics, proteins, omega-3 oils, and more. And Underdog Fantasy, if you use promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Great, great fantasy company because it's so easy. You don't have to deal with waivers and trades. You just draft and then set it and forget it. You don't set anything. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of it. So if you've ever wanted to get into daily fantasy, weekly, season long, do it now. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Again, PODSWRAP, get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Yeah, like you said, Chad, there's always tomorrow. 
There's always tomorrow. It, it is tough to lose the way they lost tonight. I agree with you. You get a big hit like that. You think you're going to find a way. There's always tomorrow. Let's see if they can get at least two of the next three. Of course, three of the next three would be unbelievable. Um, interesting for Miles saying they don't win on bobblehead nights. You know, you have the huge crowd. They're there all night long. Great giveaway. Soto goes hitless on his bobblehead night. Um, still cool. Cool giveaway, obviously. Um, just trying to get to a couple of others. Yeah, I let this ride all night, Chango Surfo, but <laughs> you're you're welcome here. You you are welcome, positive or negative. You're welcome here, but yeah, like chill. It's 14 games in. All right, let's let chill. It's not time to fire Bob Melvin or change the entirety of the roster or trade Blake Snell or trade once. I mean, come on, it's 14 games. Let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, all right, guys, appreciate you hanging out. We will do it again tomorrow night after Padres and Brewers game. Two. Oh, look at this, Rich. I will. I will. I'll text Jim. Rich, text him. He's available. He's on his phone constantly. He's like, I'm going to be away from my phone. Text him right now. We'll get back to you literally in two seconds. I guarantee it. Um, thanks, guys, for hanging out. Again, Brewers take game one. We'll be back with you tomorrow night after game two. All right. Peace. Have a good night. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.